You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, listeners. Hello, Sid Talk. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Tell us the before the after the show discussion. Mm, this movie? Mm. A little bit about this movie. Are you going up high to suggest I'm not 100% know sure happening? what all of it was about? I might not have been listening 100%. Hmm. That's about it, I think. <laughs> this movie and supper. And ads on Facebook. Ads on Facebook. I was just bitching about ads on Facebook because, oh my God, it's like all of a sudden 500 different t shirt companies are selling very similar t-shirts. I'm not complaining about Facebook in a way that would make people say to me, oh, well, then don't go on it. Well, I'm going to keep using Facebook, but holy crap. And that was it. All right. Thank you. Riveting stuff. So the date is Saturday, July the 24th. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast. This week on our episode number 694, we're reviewing the movie Spiral from the Book of Saw. Is that the full title? Or is it just Spiral? Uh, spiral colon, I think, so I just saw an IMDb colon from the All right. Book of Saw. All right, so we're reviewing the movie Spiral colon from the Book of Saw. <laughs> Correct. And you might see a colon in this movie removed from a body. Oh, my. This is a 2021 movie released on Blu-ray on July the 20th. You can get it on 4K, Blu-ray, DVDs. Rated R from our friends at Lionsgate, who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. And Sid Talk... You give us your synopsis, and then I'll correct you with the real one. It is a Saw movie, regardless of what the little producer and director people say. So that's it. People getting in traps, having to make choices, horribly being disfigured and or dying. All right. I'll give you the... I think that's it. Here's the official one. A criminal mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in spiral... The terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. Even the uh, synopsis uh, says it's from Saw. It's a yeah, Saw exactly. movie. <laughs> I love that. The, well, what we're talking about is in the extras, the the dudes who created Saw are trying to sell you on the idea that this isn't a Saw movie. Oh, no, no. This is completely separate. It's just got the DNA of the Saw. Nah, it's a Saw movie. Get over yourselves. Right. So it's okay to make more Saw movies. If people don't want to watch them, they won't. It's very simple. All right, so let's talk about Saw movies first off. What is your relationship with the Saw movies? Hmm, do I have a relationship with them? I really liked the first one. I don't even remember how I saw it or when I saw it. You saw it with me in the cinema? Okay, well, there you go. Memorable. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think we watched a couple others, and that's it. So I um, I have yet to watch them all. I like the concept, though. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrifying. It's just a would you rather have your finger ripped off or kill your neighbor for letting their dog shit on your yard with a horrible, terrible trap. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that. I would totally kill the neighbor for letting <laughs> I mean, the dog. It's no, you would not. Oh, yes, I would. That's a whole other movie. That would be the spoof movie that people get pissed off with their neighbors and they use these horrible traps to do things to them. Yeah, but we're I've... not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Don't even joke about it. I've seen three of the Saw movies, the first three. And then I dropped off. I don't know if I dropped off because it was just getting boring or I dropped off. I don't know why. Do you know why? It is what it is, right? People being put in horrible traps. Yeah. By some lunatic. 
who wants to prove a point. I mean, that's it. And so it can get a little bit monotonous. Yeah. And it's really lives on how inventive the traps are. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, is it going to be the same thing or is it going to be a different? I do remember in the second movie, I believe. Do you remember the one with all the like heroin syringes in a big? No. And it was like somebody fell into a big oh, pit of heroin syringes. I do not remember that. And I was like, wow, that's a really graphic and crazy <laughs> way to die. But yeah, they did have some cool way to die. And in the 2000s, when these movies were a big deal, we had Final Destination as well, which again... I liked Final Destination. They were good too, but then they got, went on and on and on. And, you know, eventually you were just... I tapped out. You tapped out probably. I tapped out, man. I think we saw maybe three of those, and there was probably six or seven. And mm. what else was the hostel? I don't think they outdid hostel though. There was only three of those. So, but again, know. once you know, once you're inundated with this very heavy duty idea, yeah, like saw or hostel, any of those really or extreme touristers that didn't have many others, did it? It was just a one-off. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it was the same, like. Right, capturing people and doing horrible, wretched things to them. That's the idea. And so you get a little bit like, okay, how about a different story? And I think that is what this particular one brings. So this is, you know, it is another Saw movie. The people in the extras seem to think it wasn't. It was something elevated (laughs) or different. Yeah. But no, it's another Saw movie. It's got what you like about Saw movies in it. It's a bit better production values, I feel. And maybe the acting's a little bit better. Mm, I don't know about that. And maybe it looks a bit more expensive. Um, I felt like it looked like it, it spent some money on it, you know? I mean, hmm. some of them, if you watch some of those, I've seen clips from some of the later Saw movies, and they looked like they weren't trying as hard anymore. But they probably weren't, right? Because it was like, you know, dropping off in popularity and they had less budget to work with. But this felt like True. it had a big budget to me. I mean, as Chris Rock's in it, Samuel L. Jackson's in it, they, they're probably not cheap, right? <laughs> and the story of it, you pegged the whole thing pretty mm-hmm. quickly. I didn't get any of it. What, I don't mean I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> I mean, I didn't guess any of the twists and turns. Right. So when they came, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But there's nothing... You mean at that moment when he's walking in that room, you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Wait, I mean, I had already, unfortunately, clued you in a little bit. Yeah, but I still was... Uh, Spoiler. The, the movie unclued me in to, to it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, what you just said can't have happened because we're looking at something else now. Yeah, but I knew that what I thought was right, and that was just a a red herring, as you will. But, you know, it's different to the... uh, I was going to say it's different to the other Saw movies, but it's not really. If I have a problem with this movie, I feel like they even said in the extras they were aiming like to be kind of like the movie Seven. Now, the movie Seven, I think it's a masterpiece, actually. Oh, my. I mean, it is very, like, well, it, it actually creeps you out. It makes you feel kind of... I don't know if it's a masterpiece, but it is very... In its, in its yeah. genre, like, yeah. And I still do feel like that, but I feel why Seven works really well. And it's a thing that I always thought about it, was the way Seven plays out, it will show you something, like, really horrific, like, you know. Yeah. Like, gluttony. You'll see this crime scene. And it's effective because you don't generally see the crime happening. You just see the aftermath of a crime. And you see our heroes turn up and investigate it. And it's horrific. And the ideas behind it all really mess with you. And then what will happen after that is Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. They'll go and just like go in a bar and have a drink and talk. And it kind of like lulls it back down again. And then you kind of get this false sense of security. And then something horrible happens. And it's like, oh, God. 
Oh, I get what you're now, saying. Now, yeah, this movie, I felt like it was at like if it, if it was a dial that you turn up and down, it was just at 11 the entire time. Like, <laughs> And there was no like moments of breathe. Like it, it was like, ah. I disagree. And that's why I don't felt this was quite as effective when they said we're trying to go for like a seven meets 48 hours. Mm. I felt like it was a bit too, they did this in 90 minutes as well. I'm not saying it should have been longer, like seven's two and a half hours. And it has room to breathe and everything. But this is like, you know, it's straight to the point. It's very quick and efficient with everything. And I don't feel there was any moments where I was like, oh, okay, let me uh, let me piece some of this together. I think there was, because like walking on the subway, talking to the dad in the car. I mean, they're not long scenes, but it's like that's where your peaks and valleys are coming from, I think. I just felt like the peaks and valleys were like little and the heightened moments of like terrifying, not not terrifying, because as again, I said to you, this movie's not actually scary. Mm-mm. It's just gross, right? It's gross, and you're like, damn, uh, that's how. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but that feeling of like, oh, and it's also not full of the traps. There's like three. No. There's three of them, right? I don't know what the other Saw movies did. They have way more than that. It just seemed like it was constant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but again, this, we haven't seen them all. This had three distinct, well, four actually, with the finale. Mm-hmm. So it had like four traps and. They were very gross. One thing we said to each other was in the old Saw movies, wasn't the deal like you kind of like have a choice. You can like save yourself or... Yeah, spoiler. You're not going to maybe make it out of this. In this one, you're presented with a choice, but the choice doesn't seem fair. Like it, <laughs> No. It's not like do this and you'll live. It's more like do this and maybe you'll be paralyzed for the rest of your life or do this and maybe you'll die anyway. You're going to die anyway. If right. you notice, think about every single one. Yeah. There was no actual escape. It was not fair, was he it? rigged the thing so that you're choosing, knowing that they're selfish and they want to just keep themselves alive like most people would, but it doesn't matter. All, they're do- all he's doing is making a point. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... There's a point in this movie, like Chris Rock and the writers took like a an idea and the idea, spoil, have we said spoilers? There might be some spoilers. <laughs> Let's not spoil the whole thing because I think it's a... Okay. But there might be some spoilers. So what I'll say is they've, they hinge the whole thing around corrupt cops and it's not, that's not a new thing. We've seen a billion movies with corrupt cops, right? And, mm-hmm. But I think it was ca- fairly clever the way it was implemented into it. It gave you a reason for a jigsaw killer to be doing what he's doing. Might as well do it in like a fancy way. Because you know what else I thought about this movie? If you're going to be a jigsaw killer or the copycat jigsaw killer, which is what this movie is, it's somebody just copying it. It's pretty, it's not easy. You got to, you got to do arts and crafts first off. <laughs> right? Yes. You got to do like painting on walls. You got to like, you build, you got to build traps. You got to be an engineer. Engineer. Yeah. Dang sure. You've got to, you know. Oh, you have to be a sick motherfucker. You have to be crazy sick in the mind. Yes. Pardon my my big language there, but you've got to be mental so if in you're terms like a, of harming people in a way that is uh, unimaginable. Yeah, so if you're like a killer, this isn't the easy route to go. Like, this is really complicated and difficult because some of these traps are like elaborate as hell, aren't they? Like, Correct. There's one in this movie, and I'll say to you which one. It's the one with the fingers. Yep, yep. How elaborate was that thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this is some high-level engineering. So, yeah. And I like the traps. You know what else I thought was really good about this movie? Uh, sound design. It was it was really, like, excruciating. It was. 
when you're in the traps themselves and the noises are happening, and I'm talking about like fingers being pulled off and mm. flesh falling off bones, and it's really like in your face, like it makes you feel like, ugh, like it's happening right in front of you. So I was into the sound design of it. They use like... um. You're into that. Yeah, they use like hip hop music in this movie a bit. I don't know if that 100% matched the movie. Agree. Like often I was like, what are we listening to it? Oh, it's like, it just doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like it adds anything to this scene, this hip hop music playing in the background. I don't know. I think it was just like, well, Chris is Rock's it, is character it? is into hip hop. So he, of course he'd played in his car. Is that, was that what they were doing? I don't know. It was just occasional. I mean, it's pretty grungy, the, the city. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes place during a heat wave in New York City. The whole movie looks like it was filmed at 7 p.m. in the evening, to be mm-hmm. honest. Sometimes I was like, is this the next day or or are we just looking at the like the same day or what? Like, Because it's always orangey. Golden hour. Golden, right? It's <laughs> like, the golden hour. Like there was a scene with the lady who's in charge of the precinct there and she's in her office and there's orange light streaming through the windows and then they go they go out of her office and down the steps and then it's bright light outside but it's not particularly orange i was like well, the orange thing is well obviously when it's coming through a window it's an orange light with a gel on it isn't it shining yeah well i mean unless they're really <laughs> got the budget to like you know plan every shot yeah i don't think they did a terence malick with this movie did they an only film at 7 to 8 p.m. For a whole year. You know, a lot of people don't know who that is. Well, he makes movies where he made a movie where he only filmed for one hour a day for like a year to get the movie done and all look exactly the same. And that was Tree of Life. Yeah. But this one, um, yeah, it does have this style to it. Everybody's sweaty. Every It looks like everybody stinks. Ugh, I said they made these guys look super horrible and disgusting because of the sweat and they look greasy and I hated them. So just because they look disgusting. Yeah. And there's... The traps, like I say, are the main focus. Like the, but there's like also like a who is responsible for everything. There's a load of red herrings thrown at you, isn't they, all the time? Mm-hmm. Like because you you suspect like almost everybody at the beginning. Absolutely, they kind of whittle it down a little bit. But I know you'd figured it out, but I hadn't figured it out. I I was thinking it was somebody. You know, you know who I was thinking it was, mm-hmm. and I was completely wrong, and you was right. Well, <laughs> is that are you surprised? Yeah. Nah, watch it. Oh, my God. In case anybody doesn't know, we're married. I'm always right. It just is what it is. He has yet to accept this. It's only been 21 years. We'll see how it goes for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to his little giggle. <laughs> so did you like the horror? Did you like the twists and turns? Or do you think it was trying too hard or what? It feels like it's trying pretty hard. Like try. I felt like it was trying a bit hard to come up with an interesting thing to get to at the end. And then when the thing was got to at the end, which for you probably wasn't very satisfying because you already knew it. No, it wasn't unsatisfying at all. I mean, I I feel like it was an interesting... I didn't know the actual... Motivation. Yeah, I just knew that person. But no, I was fine with it. I The trying too hard for me just felt like it with his attitude and the sort of like, I don't know, I don't know. That part I didn't really like. Maybe it's just that guy's performance that I thought was a bit camp, not campy. What's the word? Dastardly right. a little bit. Yeah. So I was kind of kind of jerked out by that one. So I thought I was trying a little too hard. The I gore would... is trying really hard, but then that's just standard saw, right? The gore where you see a person ripped or hit by a train and then you see it all close up and shit. I'm like, 
you know, if that's what you're coming to here for, fair enough. But it doesn't add a lot to me anymore. Hmm. The hint and the idea of the gore, like the idea that the guy's fingers are going to be pulled off. Just like in, um, we were talking about it before, Hostel. The images of the guy with the, I think it was a nail gun at his knee, like before it even happened. You're just like, oh my oh, God. What, what you're talking about is there's an image of a guy with a scalpel and he cuts the Achilles heel of a guy. But he. There's also a nail gun to a knee, to a knee, right. I'm pretty sure. And but there, you don't even need to see it happen. And you're just like, oh, 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 oh. So I'd like a little more of that, a little more subtlety, even though that's not. That's not the name of the game. This is definitely all. not subtle. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, they really ratchet up the gory bits, mm-hmm. which I I kind of liked it. I liked, there's one with a tongue at the beginning, which was making me really wince because oh, of the thought. Oh, my God. It was really rough. Yeah. 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 It's like the traditional helmet thing that you've seen on Saw before, but it involves the tongue. And then the second one with the um, with fingers, and it was those, I've seen those on something. They're a torture device, the, one, the things that you pull and then they get tight on your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, they're actually a torture device from the war or something. Oh, God. But those are horrible because you pull them and then this, like, netting, like, closes in around your finger. Yeah. eventually it gets so tight that it just pulls your finger off. Ugh. But that- See, you have to be very antisocial, violent to be this guy. Yeah. Whichever guy it is. And this also had an element of, a lot of elements of cliched cop stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was by design, I think it was. It almost felt like it was making fun of, like, cop procedural, you know. Kind of, All the cops in the cop house, and there's the ones over there who laugh and snigger at everything, and there's the ones who are trying to do the job, and there's the corrupt ones. And there was also an element taken from Seven, kind of, with boxes arriving at the station that our hero... I think that's just Seven, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, and they might have body parts in them and things like that. So there was elements all going at each other. What's in the box? What's in the box? And there was Thank pretty you. much Thank that. you, everyone. That was my performance from Seven. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't very... Uh... It was good. It was really good. No. <laughs> I right, mean, it so... was accurate. Come on. So let's get on to the cast here. Chris Rock is our uh, star. He plays Zeke Banks. What do you think? That was really good. But then I'm coming off of Fargo, where I thought he was super, super good. And so I'm thinking, wow, I just want to see him in more stuff. I think he was better in Fargo, but there's more meat on that character. Yeah, it's very different. But I mean, I'm saying I just want to see all the different things that he does. He does turn into Chris Rock in this movie (laughs) a few times. You're like, okay, that's a a monologue from Chris Rock that's happening. And it kind of breaks it slightly for me. I'm not in the Zeke character anymore. I'm like, Oh, let's hear what Chris Rock has to say here. And he has a, even in the opening sequence, he has quite a, like one of his routines or, you know. I like that. That's one of my favorite things. I liked it, but it kind of breaks character for me. Mm. Because, I mean, it's clear, you know, it's it's Chris Rock you're looking at. And he's telling jokes. So I liked what he did with it. And there were moments where he really had to, there was some horror presented in front of him Mm -hmm. that he had to really react to. Sam Jackson, who you'll all know. He's the Sam to you now, is he? You guys friends? Yeah. Hmm. He plays Marcus Banks, the father of Chris Rock. And uh, what did you think of Mr. Samuel Jackson? He's okay. fine. I mean, blasphemy, I suppose, as a person who likes movies, but I'm not. I'm not. I think he's fine. He's always fine. <laughs> Almost always fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't know. I think he, I mean, in fact, because he's pretty cash, you know, he's pretty relaxed through the scenes we do see until we see 
scene where he's not <laughs> relaxed at all. I think it's fine. I think he was just in it. You know what I mean? He yeah. Wasn't being too awful, over the top, cartoony and shit. Like is what he's prone to do and everyone loves. That's great. So he was fine. I'm glad it was him, though. See, that's one thing. I think that was exactly the right casting. Right. It just felt exactly right. And uh, Max Mingella plays William Schenk. And he's like a new, another cliche in the um, cop world. Here's a guy and he's new and he's your partner. Yeah. <laughs> first and, day uh, on the job. Let's let's have the first day on the job and let's, you know, see how you react to each other. So you got that guy. Did you like that guy? Yeah, he's fine. He's the one, though, that kind of did a little dastardly. If he you would know? have had a mustache, he would have twirled it. A little bit, unfortunately. At the end, not the other parts, but yeah. Put down uh, Marisol Nichols as well, who played the Angie. What do you call the head of the police department? Captain. Captain. Yeah. yeah, she was good. I liked her a lot. Yeah, but like in this movie, you're like, I like, you know, I like this character. I like that character. And then you're like, oh, that character. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of characters that do bad things in this movie. Exactly. You know what else this movie loves? I've just remembered. Flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, it loves a flashback. It loves to explain to you what's going on by showing you what you've already seen, like in the movie. Yeah. What's the movie? Uh, Where you go back and go, oh, shit, that's what they were doing. Well, that's a lot of movies. Uh, (laughs) True. Um, I see dead people, that one. Right. No, don't tell anybody what I'm talking about. I'm just saying. It's like that where they show you the flashback and they're like, oh. Oh, that's what they were talking about. Well, let me say in this movie, there are flashbacks. And how we know they are flashbacks is, one, Chris Rock has a terrible mustache and beard. He really does. And so does Samuel L. Jackson. And two, everything is desaturated. Correct. And the movie's pretty desaturated to begin with. So when you desaturate it twice, you know know you're in a flashback. We're always in love with the, the past. It either is very hyper contrasted or desaturated. It's funny who... What techniques they pick. Or it's got like a glow around the edges. Mm-hmm. Somebody told somebody in editing school that that is, if you're going to go do the past, you either desaturate like an old photo or you make the edges glow and like turn the colors up. I don't know what that is. I don't know how anybody's <laughs> past looks like that. Did your dream, maybe your dreams look like that. Not really. I don't know. I only dream of the past, but it's a funny thing. Yeah. And we notice it a lot in... Ordinary shows like MasterChef on TV. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <I do. laughs> so, yeah. Last week, last week we had less color than we have this week. This is directed by Darren Lynn Boseman. He directed Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, and a movie that we saw very recently that I believe we both disliked mm. called Death of Me with Maggie Q. It you wasn't know? great. Yeah. Now, how do you feel like he did with this, though? It's definitely got the, like they said, 48 hours mixed with seven. Like if those two movies had a baby without this super cutting edge of seven, right? Yeah. But it definitely has that vibe. There's there's not a lot. There's no fancy camera work or anything like that. It's uh, there's a bit of standard. wiggly camera at the beginning, I noticed. A um, little bit. And like when Chris Rock's getting frustrated, there's a little wobbliness. But overall, I feel like it's very, it's like a detective movie, you know? Lots of two shots, lots of far off shots, not a whole lot of close ups. It's pretty standard, actually. I think that the director, I think that if you get started off with Chris Rock having the idea and then sort of 
pushing the whole thing along, that makes a big difference. Yeah. I think the quality is going to just kind of be there. But so I don't know if it mattered that it was him, except he's most familiar with the material. So let's um, move on to the IMDb reviews. These are people on IMDb who give this a one out of 10. Oh, my. And why we look at the one out of 10s is they're usually the most idiotic and funny at the same time. Rude. So here we go. They're not idiots just because they don't like what I'm you just saying. The, like. I'm not saying they're idiots. I'm saying the, rev- the way they write <laughs> the reviews is usually quite idiotic. Sometimes. <laughs> Example, this guy says, either they wasted all the budget on getting Samuel on board or something went terribly wrong. There are small events, quarrels, etc. throughout the entire movie and they just happen for no reason. It's incredibly stupid. I can't believe grown people wrote and directed this. Hmm. I don't catch what they're throwing there, but hey. This guy says, don't bother with this. Worst acting ever. You Thanks. Don't don't watch it and then thank me later. Thanks. This guy. I say, even the movies I hate the most, I say everyone should watch them. Just well, because. This guy says, Chris Rock with his pathetic overacting. Dialogue delivery was like puns and jokes from his stand-up. And what's with Jigsaw's voice like a five-year-old kid pranking someone? Saw franchise was finished ages ago. This is trash. Trash. And finally, this guy says, 90 minutes I wasn't able to get back. Absolutely Mm -hmm. awful. We have to have that guy. Yeah, there's always that guy. Person. Who who knows? All right, so Saw, well, it's not Saw, is it? It's Spiral from the Book of Saw, and uh, I'm going to give it a score. And, you know, I'm not a giant Saw fan. I do like horror movies, but for some reason I didn't stick around for all the Saw movies. I think I liked what I saw. The th- I liked what I saw. Oh, got it. <sighs> bada boom, bada bang. I liked the first three. Well, maybe I liked the rest of them. Maybe and the thing we'll- is, we were talking about this. They were saying, well, this isn't a Saw movie because it doesn't have that guy in it, like Jigsaw. Tobin but Bell. He doesn't even register to me. As the thing of the movie. It's not like Michael or Jason, where they are the whole thing of that whole movie, right? right. They are the person or the demonically possessed, whatever they turn out to be in every different render, you know, iteration of those movies. Their story is it. That's what you know that it's going to be Jason. You know it's going to be Michael, right? That's just how it is. In this, the guy to me, is irrelevant. Anybody could set up these elaborate traps. That is the star of the whole show. So Let me tell you uh, the Blu-ray. There are actual extras. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. There was. So on the Blu-ray, there is two audio commentaries, one with the director and the screenwriters, and the second audio commentary is with the producers. There's also the consequences of your actions creating Spiral, which is like a multi-part making-of. There is drawing inspiration, illustrated trap breakdowns, decoding the marketing spiral, and there are a theatrical teaser trailer and a theatrical trailer. So there is a bunch of stuff on it, to be honest. Mm. And I'm not used to seeing a bunch of stuff because recently Blu-rays have been pretty plain and bare bones. I so, think we can just get over the extras nowadays. Well, I know if you're you a love fan, them, but... If you're a fan and you wanted to listen to the director talk, you can. So I'll be listening to that. Let's give this thing a score. I am giving Spiral, colon, from the Book of Saw, <laughs> a 6 out of 10. I don't think you have to say colon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 7. I think for what it is, it's a 7. I think a 6 is pretty all right. It's an all right movie for me. Yeah, If but it's I mean, below 5, it's bad. 
But when you're, yeah, and I guess I'm just going in the saw world of what I know and quality wise and me, my interest, even though I knew what was going on, I was still totally interested. So to me, that raises it up a little bit. All right. Movie recommendations this week. We usually, well, recommend some movies and I base them on what we've just seen. So I'm going with the fourth season of Fargo, which we just recently watched starring Chris Rock. It was really fantastic, right? Super fantastic. And my other one is I was thinking of something that I like with Samuel L. Jackson that is not Pulp Fiction, and it's Die Hard 3, which is my favorite Die it Hard is, movie. actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's my favorite. It's not the first one. It's the, the third one is actually my favorite of the three, of the five. Was it Live Hard or Die Hard Drying? It's very good. So, is it, though? Yeah, it is really, really good. <laughs> is so I, it? I'll give you both of those as my recommendations. And I'm going back to the 80s. And this week I'm up to Annie, which, of course, it's really the opposite of this one. Except, you know, when I saw Annie, my brain was like, Annie, Annie, is that the? Oh, no, it's not Annabelle. (laughs) Oh, Annabelle is something totally different (laughs) to Annie. And she wasn't around in the 80s. Annabelle wasn't Um, swooping back around to James Wen, right? Annabelle, Mm -hmm. conjuring, blah, blah, blah. Annie was, uh, you know. From the musical Annie, very colorful movie, and Creepshow, the movie. So Creepshow had been a TV show on HBO. Anybody who was a teenager obsessed with watching television, it was kind of a highlight of the week to be able to get the new episode, and uh, then they made it into a movie, and it wasn't great. But watch it at your own risk. I thought the movie was great. Don't think so. I might be thinking of the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone movie was also not great. So, no, they were not. I'm the expert. I know what I'm saying. All right. A Scully stuff this week. I've been playing. It's a game called Frostpunk. Have you heard of this, Sid Talk? I've not. Okay, I'm playing it on the PlayStation 5, but it's a PlayStation 4 game called Frostpunk. It is like a city builder game that you kind of like. You know, like a city's skyline. You mean like this? What's right in front of me right this minute? Cities. I don't know. I'm not, I can't look at you. City's skylines. Yes. It's kind of like that, but it's also a survival game. So the world, due to global warming, etc., I believe, has got very, very cold. Frostpunk. So you've got like a settlement that you have to keep alive. You start with a small settlement and you, you get resources together and then you can build buildings to keep the people warm and you can, you know, but you have to like sacrifice one thing for another kind of thing. Like, you know, if I'm going to send out like some vehicles over there to get the trees to chop the trees down, then people have to go and chop the trees and then maybe those people will die and maybe, you know, mm. it's that kind of thing. So it's like a juggling thing where you're trying to manage your people and then you're trying to build up your civilization as well eventually you can like build better things like your heating proper heating instead of just fires on the floor it's like a little city that you're trying to keep now i didn't keep it very good mine um all my people froze to death and the city just faded to nothing (laughs) that's what happened for me but i mean I tried a second run and uh, my strategy was a little bit better. I still only lasted two seasons because there's like seasons, you know, like summer, but everything's winter, basically. (laughs) It's winter. And then I was like, oh, it's really, it's fine. We've got everybody warm and everybody's got some food and it's minus 18 degrees. That's not so bad, right? Uh I was like, well, that's probably, how cold can it really get? So then it, you know, is moving along and I thought I got everything good. And it said extreme weather's coming. And I'm like, well, we're in minus 14. What's extreme weather? Well, minus 50 is coming. I love how you do not understand how bad the weather can be. (laughs) So it's minus 50 all of a sudden, minus 50. And uh, 
I've got little like bonfires that my people have stood around. Yeah, minus 50 don't give a shit to bonfires and people. <laughs> Everybody's dead. So I've got to uh, figure out how to live through the minus 50 parts of the game. <laughs> so that's Frostpunk, and it's the complete edition. It's out now on PlayStation 4. And the reason it's the complete edition is it comes with all the DLC scenarios. So there's the main game, and there's some different scenarios. And not all of them are about cold weather. There's actually a... a like a There's a one scenario that is not about surviving the cold i think it's about surviving like the heat and the just wilderness so that's frostpunk 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 complete edition stout now on everything you can play it on everything and the other game i played a lot of this week i actually finished it that's how much i played of it is a game called last stop and it's on game pass and you saw me play quite a bit of this Mm -hmm. how i would explain it is I mean, Telltale are kind of not really doing anything anymore. They still exist, but they're not really doing anything. It's like a Telltale game, if you like those kind of games. It's kind of choose-your-own-adventure, but then, again, with, even with Telltale, your like choices don't make that much of a difference, do they? It just makes you feel exactly. like you're doing something. You're, in a, you're on a track, you just don't know it. Yeah, but this is a really cool story, and it's about these three different sets of people, and I want to tell you very little about the story. But you're playing it like in these bite-sized, like 20-minute chunks. And you're playing like an episode of one person and an episode of a next person. And they've all got three very different stories. But it, like something like Magnolia, it all, you know, it's my favorite thing. It all kind of makes sense towards the end. It's not based on an existing thing. It's not based on like a novel or anything. It's just an original story. The story goes to some very surprising areas. And I really enjoyed it. It's called Last Stop. You can buy it on all the consoles and everything, but if you do have a Game Pass subscription, it's actually available for free. You just click it and play. So, Sito, well, what's the dinner? it's not free because you're paying for your subscription. Well, I, you know how much I'm paying for that subscription? Mm-mm. It's still not free, but I paid $1 for six months. Oh. So, what? It probably costs like... So, when it goes out, how much then will you be spending? I think after it goes out, it's $15 a month, but mm. I wouldn't pay that. So what happens with the Game Pass? And this is this is a bit of a tip for everybody. If you get the free trial on Game Pass, it often shows up $1 for six months. When it gets to the end of the six months, just cancel. Wait a little bit, usually about a month, and you'll see the $1 thing pop back up again. So you're tricky. You're tricky. I'm a bit tricky. Got it. So that is the game. Last stop. What's for dinner? Jimmy John. We toyed with the idea of making some pasta, but then I realized, nah. Nah. <laughs> we live in a modern world. I have 20 bucks. I We can handle delivery. And so it's Jimmy John's. We are vegetarian. This is why we're telling what you eat, what we eat every week, because why would, else would you care? Yeah, who I cares? don't know why you care. Who cares? <laughs> Maybe we should stop telling them. But people seem to think when you are vegetarian, we're not vegan. We're not animal rights activists. We don't do any of that. We just don't eat meat anymore. It's no big deal. We eat eggs. We eat dairy. And so people seem to think when you say, no, thanks, I don't want a hot dog, you know, and I don't say I'm vegetarian. I'm not eating that. I just go, I just say, no, thanks at first. Oh, no, here, try this chicken. Oh, thank you. Oh, here, you've got to try this. Well, I I just don't eat meat anymore. Oh, oh, well, and whatever they're going to say translates to, well, I guess I'm a very bad person because you're a perfect person for not eating animals anymore. So I'm going to be really snotty to you. That's kind of how it goes down. (laughs) <laughs> truth all truth yeah uh we don't care what you eat i don't care do you care i don't care 
I mean, you don't know? eat like people. I mean, as long as you eat and eat and, and survive. survive. Yeah. Try not to harm, be horrible about it. You don't have to be cruel about it. That's cool. Oh, whatever, whatever, right? So that's why we're telling what we eat. We also eat junk food. We eat. I have chips and salsa in there right now. Yesterday, though, what did I cook? Oh my god, curry. So it was good. chickpea curry. <gasps> so good. So we're doing all right. And so that's what we're having for supper. What's your advice? My and advice let's is, get out of it. It's very short and stru- sweet. Anger is poison. Now. Well, that wasn't short. It's uh, it's about to go on to be longer. Yes. Yeah. Anger that you hold on to about something from the past that you cannot change or fix or undo. And now this does, they cannot apply to the most horrible things you can imagine. But I just mean like anger, you know, well, my dad was an asshole. My mom was a jerk. And I don't mean severely horrible people here. We're just talking about as you get older, especially in your 20s and 30s, you might feel a little bit like you're the center of the universe and only bad things happened to me and poor me. And my dad was a jerk or ignored me or my mom didn't hug me enough, whatever, which is all legitimate. And when you stay angry about it, it can define who you are. It's like poison. It's just, it's got that little bit of rancidness in you that's just like spoiling you, you know, like spoiling as in rotting you. Yeah. <laughs> when you let that go, or if you can move on, then, you know, you you can get rid of it. It's like, but then it's hard to find an identity sometimes because you've, for 30 years of your life, you've been the person who's pissed off at their dad. You know what I mean? I'm identifying because that was me. When you let that go and you can't be that anymore, you can't be like, oh, wine, wine. I I didn't have daddy, daddy, daughter, um, whatever it's called, daddy's girl thing, wine, poor me. Well, when you get rid of that and you can't use that anymore. I never had daddy's girl thing. You, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a female. I'm going from that perspective. Well, it rips apart part of who you've always thought you were. And so that's hard to deal with a little bit, but it's better to just, if you can, based on whatever the circumstances are, take a deep breath one day and say, you know what? My ex-husband was a jerk and he's whatever and not even in my life anymore or my ex-wife or my ex-partner or the boss that I had five years ago who didn't promote me. So now I make $7 less a year and I'm still pissed off about it. Well, just unless you build a time machine and you can go back and fix that, just let it go a little bit. All right. That's my deep, deep advice right there. So you can catch this podcast, anchor.fm slash after the show. Ascully.com is our main webpage. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also catch us on iTunes, all those places, Spotify. You can email feedback to me, ascully, ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't like any of you. Not true. And I also want to mention just before we go, we um, are watching the TV show Preacher. We actually watched the first two seasons of it. Then we took a break for about three years. And now we're watching the final two seasons. And I want to say it's really fun and very effed up. It's very effed up. It's not for the faint of heart. And also, (laughs) stay classy, Mr. Chris Rock and the not Saw movie Spiral. (laughs) And I'm going to say think for yourself. Because if you don't, somebody will do it for you.